Why, hello there, and welcome back to the podcast. This is Jonathan Edwards at pureandsimplebible.com. Very grateful to have you back and grateful for Hayden Ayers to join me in studio a few weeks ago. And uh, yes, they they joined me in studio uh, not always at the time that the podcast airs. So it's been a little bit since Hayden was with me, but I'm grateful to listen to this conversation to refresh the time that I had together with him and to present it to you. We're in an episode called Lovest Thou Me More Than These or Do You Love Me More Than These? And it's about Jesus reconciling the relationship between he and Peter when Peter, who had denied him three times, uh, now has the opportunity to confess his love for Jesus three times. We're grateful for the grace of heaven that Jesus would be so patient with him. And I'm sure Hayden's got more to say on it than me just talking to you about it, so we'll let him do the explaining. So without further ado, let's jump right back into this podcast episode, shall we? With this, I guess, narrative coming to an end, Peter denies him, uh, goes out and weeps bitterly. Now, the the narrative will move on with Jesus' crucifixion, Mm. but that's kind of the end of Peter until the resurrection. Right. So let's maybe consider uh, some similarities or parallels that you have seen here about Peter's denial before we jump back into John 21. Right. Uh, Take it away. Well, you see, what, what Jesus is about to do in our in our main text is he's he's about to just masterfully remind Peter of his fault in front of everybody without even mentioning it. He doesn't even mention what Peter's done. Right. If you if you look at the text, uh, and and here's how he does it. Okay. Well, first of all, the the setting is eerily similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, we read in John eighteen eighteen that while Peter denied Jesus, he warmed himself by a fire of right. coals. With the servants and officers, uh, uh, the in in John twenty one, Jesus prepared for them a fire of coals, mm-hmm. and that's the same Greek language. John uses the same Greek word there. Uh, furthermore, it it you know it was probably really dim outside on right. both occasions because it's early in the morning mm-hmm. on both occasions. Mm-hmm. Roosters you know, crowing exactly. Roosters Before the crowing. Sun the, comes up right. The sun's coming up on the horizon. Uh, so if you're in Peter's shoes, you're thinking, well, the sun's coming up. <laughs> Uh, fire of coals, uh, Jesus, uh oh, <laughs> you know, uh, so and then and then of course, second Jesus is about to prod Peter three times, right? Which of course is parallel to the three times that Peter denied Jesus. Yeah. Now I think Peter is is fully aware of these similarities, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know I'll I'll explain why. Okay, maybe you should read it. Read uh, John twenty one fifteen. Sure, and then help me understand uh, from this first question, and then we'll get into the how he talks about it three times. But there's a lot to unpack in this, isn't there? There is. There's there's quite a bit to unpack in this, and and more than I thought initially, uh, because I I man when I just thinking about this passage before I had really studied it, I had a completely different understanding of it. Okay. Um. So just just starting in in John twenty one fifteen, um, says so so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Mm. Um, 
And as you may have heard, there are several words in, in the Greek language that translate to the English word love. Right. Uh, the four main ones being uh, philia, storge, eros, and agape. Uh, Which one do I use to describe my love for pizza? Your love for pizza. <laughs> uh, that's probably... Uh, I don't think it's there. I don't think it? it's there. Right. It's not really we, there. We use the word love in English. <laughs> we do. And, and, and a large spectrum of things that we really don't love. Right. And that's the, the, the big difference, I think, uh, why, it, why it's so important to look at the Greek, mm-hmm. uh, to, to incorporate the Greek language. You don't have to gre- be a Greek scholar, no. to, to, especially with today's technology. Uh, to look at the Greek and understand mm-hmm. uh, what the original text is saying. But that's that's one of the, the huge cases I make when I'm advocating people look at the Greek because the English language, you know, it's great, but it's we have a lot of really broad terms like the word right. love. Uh, it's very broad. It could mean so many different things. Whereas in Greek, you know, there's these four different words like this. These are the different right. types of love. Uh, these all mean very different things. And, you know, if I say philia, you know that I'm talking about philia. I'm not talking about any of, the, any of these other loves. I've heard it said that reading the Bible in English and reading the Bible in Greek is like watching black and white television versus watching television in That's full right. color. So you're going to get the story. You're going to appreciate the narrative, but the color brings out a whole new dynamic uh for whatever you're watching on TV. We get that because we see it. But um, what is going to be brought out or enhanced when I learn about the type of love that Jesus asks Peter? What, when he says, Peter, do you love me? What what words is he using? Well, P, uh, Jesus is using agape. Okay. So just as a, as a quick overview of, of these four words, philia, uh, that's neighborly love or mm-hmm. brotherly love. If I say, you know, if I, I were to say, I, I love you, brother, um, you know, I I have a brotherly love for you. Right. Phil- I would be talking Philadelphia. About, yes, Philadelphia. Exactly. Philanthropy. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's next? Uh, storge is familial love. It's love that you you know you have for your family, your mm-hmm. your parents, your your siblings. Uh, eros. That's a sexual love. Uh, you know the love you might have for your wife. Mm-hmm. And then of course agape, which Jesus is using here, which is a spiritual love. It's a love of devotion. Right. Um. So uh, it always looks for the best in the other. That's right. Right. And and agape, um, it's actually the so the the Greek word agape, as defined in Strong's, means love, wish well for, take pleasure in, long for, denotes the love of reason. And I think that's really important. It's the love of reason Mm -hmm. because that implies that love is a choice and that Christian love and spiritual love is a choice. And uh, and that's that's a really important takeaway, I think, from this word, because it is a choice. Right. You do choose as a Christian to love people that, you know, in our our, in today's culture, today's society, it might be crazy to think that you would love this person, you know, but but as a Christian, we we choose to love these people. But well, Peter's response, because he's going to have heard it. Right. Uh did you agape? Right. Do you agape me? Uh-huh. So Peter's going to be able to identify uh, what's going on, but his response is, Lord, you know that I love you, and it's not yes. the answer Jesus is looking for, it's is not, it? It's not. It's not the answer that Jesus was looking for, because the Greek word Peter uses here is philia. 
Mm-hmm. And that's, of course, neighborly or brotherly love. Uh, Strong's defines philia as friendship, affection, fondness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jesus is asking a very specific question. As you'll remember, the Greek language is really specific. Jesus is asking a very specific question, and Peter gives a very broad answer. Jesus is asking if Peter has a spiritual love for him, the love of reason, uh, and Peter, you know, Peter just answers with, oh, you know, Lord, I have a brotherly love for you. Maybe I could make a parallel as simple as it's going to be, but the phrase, I love you, is a strong phrase even in English, to say those three words, I love you. And so we soften it by saying, love you. Right. That's, right. <laughs> that's more, yeah, that's probably about the equivalent and so of what's we, happening here. And so we want to express our admiration or devotion to somebody, but maybe we just don't want to make ourselves vulnerable. We might say, love you. Mm. But to look them in the eye and say, I love you, is a little bit more intimate, more deep of a connection. So maybe there's something similar here of Peter. Jesus saying, Peter, do you love me? Lord, mm. love you. And and specifically, Peter, do you love me more than these? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's, you know, important too, That because Jesus is asking specifically, Peter, do you have a spiritual love for me that is higher than your spiritual love for right. your brothers? Going back to whenever he said, even if all would right. run away from you, not me, not me, I would mm. stay to the end. Well, Peter, do you love me more than these? You said you were going to be there to the end. Ooh, that stings, doesn't it? That's right. Well, and we're not then, done. There's uh, He doesn't just ask it one time, but he also has a response for him before right. he moves on. So what, right. what does he say? Uh, and and Peter, Peter gives the wrong answer, of course. Uh, Jesus says, feed my lambs. Uh, and there's, there's so much we can learn from that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, carrying on, uh, uh, as you'll notice, uh, John... Carrying on there, 16, uh, verse 16, he says to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Mm-hmm. And that's agape again. So this time he's he's taking off the love me more than these. It's do you have a spiritual love for me at all? Uh, and, of course, Peter answers him and says, Lord, you know that I have a brotherly love for you. I, I philia you. Mm-hmm. Um and, and he, he receives the admonition again, feed my course, sheep. feed my sheep. Different Greek word mm-hmm. from lambs. That's right. Right? I might bring something up about that uh, after the third time, mm-hmm. but I'll let you get there first. Okay. So what happens next? Well, uh, uh, I mean, as you'll notice, Jesus pulls back here a little bit. Uh, Jesus asks if, if Peter's spiritual love for him is greater than his love for men. Uh, now he seems to ask, do you love me at all? You know, Peter gives the, long, the wrong answer, carrying on. Right. Uh, uh, verse 17, he says to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And this time, he stoops all the way down to, to Peter's level. He uses philia. And I that's the part I didn't understand. Because mm-hmm. I had always heard this, this, this preached as if, well, Jesus every time is saying spiritual love, Peter every time is saying brotherly, brotherly love. But we see this progression, or really regression, where... Jesus, with every question, is stooping closer to Peter's level. Right. Uh, so, so Jesus asks, "Do you have a? Do you even have a brotherly love for me, Peter? Mm-hmm. Or, or mm. are these just you know empty words?" Yeah. Uh, and Peter was grieved. It says in verse seventeen, Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, "Do you love me?" Yeah. And Peter said to him, "Lord, you know all things. You know 
that I love you. And he's still using Philea. He's still giving him the wrong answer. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Tell me about Peter's response. Uh, It says that Peter was grieved. And uh, it sounds maybe a little bit like he's annoyed. Yeah. But he's not annoyed no. at the question, is he? No, and and I've heard you know I've heard it presented that way, uh, that well Peter was Peter was annoyed with Jesus, like oh quit asking me these questions, Jesus. <laughs> but I don't think that's what's going no, on. No, not at all. Because uh, if we looked at the Greek, Peter or, or John rather uses a form of the word lupe, uh-huh. uh, which Strong's defines as pain of the body or mind, grief, sorrow, affliction. Right. Now does that sound like Peter was annoyed. That doesn't sound like Peter no. was annoyed to me. Sounds like he's uh, crushed. No, he's crushed. Peter was grieved. He was pained with sorrow and mm-hmm. affliction mm-hmm. that Jesus asked him the third time. Now take note of this. He wasn't grieved the first time, you know, and he wasn't sorrowful the second time, but he was grieved because Jesus asked him the third time. And I think that's important because I think this is the moment, just, you know, personally, I think this is the moment that it clicks for Peter. And he realizes what exactly is going on. It's the atonement as well. The I don't mean that uh, Peter was lost up until this very point, but it's like the mending of their relationship. Peter rent it asunder big time. He just tore it up with the three denials. And Jesus, through this three confessions, you know, giving them the opportunity to say, I love you, even though he's, again, not living up to the, the standards of Christ, but it's almost like he's repairing the damage. He's trying to get him given that opportunity to do what he didn't do earlier. That's right. Um, so when Peter's restored, you know, he, he tries to cast the attention on somebody else. Well, what about Mm -hmm. him? You know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Jesus talks about that, but then kind of brings it back to Peter. What is, uh, Jesus full answer that third time? Well, and, and that's, I think, is really important because uh, Jesus said to him, feed my sheep, but he goes on and he says, most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Mm. And it says, this he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. So what do we take away from that? I mean, in this moment, Jesus did mean for Peter and the disciples to follow him in a in a physical sense. When he says, follow me, because, uh, you know, they, they go on. But this meant to Peter so much more because, as history will tell you, Peter would mm-hmm. outstretch his hands on a plank of splintery wood, mm-hmm. and he would be girded and led by another to a place he did not wish, that is, to a post where he would be lifted up to, to hang there and die on a cross. Yeah. I mean, Jesus went, meant follow me physically, but to Peter, he meant follow me in death. Mm. So this is some pretty heavy stuff It is for Peter. It is, and Peter can't take it. You know, he's got it. Well, what about, what about that one, Lord? That's right. He deflects. <laughs> he tries he to deflects. deflect it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, maybe it's a good time for us to take a step back and uh, see how we might relate to Peter or how this might apply to us. What are some takeaway points that I can get from John 21, this encounter, these three questions and answers of lovest thou me more than these? 
Right. I mean, there's there's so much depth to this, to this story. I think there's there's so much we can learn from. Um, so, you know, first off, this this question: Love? Do you love me more than these? Mm-hmm. Uh, in this context, of course, Jesus is talking about Peter's brothers specifically. But do you think uh, he could ask that to us? Of I mean, course. Is that what we're where we're going with this point? You know. Yeah. I mean, you could you could just as easily apply this to to your life, mm-hmm. and, and not just your brothers too. I mean. Do you love Jesus more than your job? Oh, uh, do you okay. love him more than your things, your family, your your partner, yourself? Uh, Jesus commands the highest love. You know, he as we as we've noticed, he's commanding this this agape love, this highest right. form of love. Uh, he won't settle for second, uh, or third, or fourth, for that matter. Uh, I mean, why why should he? Right. Uh, this man died for your sins. This man suffered for your salvation. Uh, he didn't settle for second in Peter's life, and he's he's definitely not going to settle for second in ours. I've had several good conversations recently with brothers who uh, have brought in some studies for us to talk about about discipleship, and that's you know, you know, the key point that's made every time is that Jesus, there has to be a priority of God first in your life. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is Savior, God the Father is uh, the Creator, and the Great I Am that. Uh, we're going to submit to, but uh, when people prioritize them as anything less than number one, you fail because there's scriptures right. that talk about how, as you've mentioned, you have to deny others, you have to deny self, and put God first. Otherwise, you can't be a disciple. That's right. I think of Matthew ten thirty four through thirty nine where Jesus himself says, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Mm-hmm. And he says, he who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. I think that's that's so profound. Give, give me, we haven't talked about the sheep, and I know you got a takeaway mm. for that one. I've been waiting mm-hmm. to talk about the sheep. So tell me about those three answers that Jesus said and how I can kind of apply them to my life. That's right. I mean, we talk a lot about the Christian faith being an active faith, I mm-hmm. think, uh, a faith that's supported by works. I mean, James 2.18, show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. Uh, well, I think we can put that focus on the Christian love, too. I mean, our our love, much like our faith, is an active love. It's not a passive love. Right. Okay. Good point. I mean, I think of passages like, like 1 John 3.16 through, through 18. Uh, he says, by this we know love, uh, because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Brethren, But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Mm-hmm. Says, so you're saying when Jesus said, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, and that's referring to, you know, immature Christians being the lambs, mature mm-hmm. being the sheep, that we need to actively pursue some sort of an encouragement, a love, a lifestyle of feeding them. That's right. And and verse 18 there in, in 1 John 3, I mean, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. I mean, that sounds a lot like how our faith should be. You know, it's it's the same way. I think we, we love each other but we don't just, it's not just an empty love. It's not just a, hey, I, I love you. 
I I show you my right. love by my word and my right. deed. Um, you know, John fourteen fifteen, Jesus says, "If you love me, keep my commandments." Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's fundamental. That's easy to understand because I mean, who who doesn't hear their parents in Jesus there? Who yeah. doesn't hear their mom saying, "Oh, you know, if you just loved me, you would <laughs> you would keep my commandments." Oh, the mom. But, <laughs> that's right. The but, mom truth. And, and and that that kind of hurts. It's like, ouch, ouch, mom. Yeah, like, I love you, but but that's. It, I think it's kind of supposed to to sting a little bit uh-huh. because, I mean, that's that's really true. I mean, if we love Jesus and we're not yeah. keeping His commandments, we're not loving Him in in truth and in in deed. Then are we really even loving Him at all? Well, Jesus said in Matthew seven twenty one through twenty three, it's not those who say Lord, mm. it's those who do the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say on that day, didn't we do this or that? But it wasn't his will. That's right. It was those who did his will, not the ones who just empty lip service. Well, uh, if I could just review those real quick, maybe for those who are folding laundry or washing dishes, (laughs) and and we've kind of casually passed through these takeaway points. Uh First, uh, we talked about um, the question, do you love me more than these? And so that's a takeaway. You know, I could put that as a sticky note on my window or on my mirror, rather, in my bathroom, right? right. Do I love Jesus more than these, dot, dot, dot? Mm-hmm. You know, and make bullet make points list. about what yeah. these things are that sometimes take priority. Make a list. I love, I love lists. I'm, I'm a big numbers guy, so I, I love making lists. And I think uh, making lists can really help us in our, in our Christian life. Mm-hmm. If you'll just sit down and make a list of, here are things that I have in the past put before Jesus. Right. And that's going to take some introspection. I mean, that's going to take some serious thought. Mm-hmm. But if you can put those down in a list and say, do I love Jesus more than these? Yeah. Uh, that'll really help you focus on on things and say, well, how am I prioritizing my time? Right, right. So that was our first takeaway. And then our second takeaway was about being active in feeding the lambs, feeding the sheep, that both the immature and the mature Christian needs feeding. And mm-hmm. I can love them by living for them and not just saying, love ya, to my brothers and sisters. But you've got one final one, a third one, and that is following as Peter followed. That's right. Now, let me maybe ask this. Are you saying that I should uh, in expect to die a cruel death on a cross like Peter did? What What do you mean by <laughs> following as Peter did? And, and of course not. I, I don't think that Jesus, you know, I don't think that Christians are required to, to die a cruel and, and violent death. Uh, many have done that before us so that we don't have to. Right. Um, we should be thankful for that. Amen. Uh, but, I, but I do mean that we must be faithful until the bitter end. Uh, we must endure persecution. Uh, and believe me, if you haven't endured persecution as a Christian, it's coming. I mean, there's going to be times in your Christian life where it's not going to be easy to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there will come a time in your life where you're tempted to deny Jesus, like Peter did. Yeah. Uh, but you got to stick it out, and you got to keep your eye on the cross and follow Jesus. You're going to do whatever it takes. That's right. That's right. Uh, James one, uh, two and four. Uh, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, mm-hmm. knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Amen. Well, brother, do you have any final thoughts or something that maybe we haven't uh, brought up yet in John chapter 21? What's uh, a 
final word you'd have for this study for others? Well, I, I think there's there's one verse that I, I think really wraps it all up and, okay. and ties it all together. Uh, and that's that's Philippians one uh, twenty one, And it says, uh, Paul says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether we're, we're living or whether we're dying, uh, really, it, it's all adult. It all is the same for a Christian. Right. I mean, to live is is Christ. To live is for the furtherance of the gospel, right. and we're serving Christ in our life. But right. at the same time, if if you know if and when the time comes, we're where we have to die. Yeah. I mean, the Bible says it's it's appointed. You know, the time is appointed to all men. You know, the time to die. Uh, when the time comes that we'll die, it's it's gain because right. of the life that we've lived for Christ. So, uh, you know, whether we're living or dying for Christ, uh, you know, really it's all the same for, for Christians. Amen. Well, thank you for coming in the studio. And sure uh, I'm grateful to have you here and look forward to the next time we can get together. Yeah. Well, thank you, brother. I want to thank Hayden for coming on the show. Grateful for him for what he's doing. Hayden is training as an evangelist up at the 21st Street Congregation in Oklahoma City. And uh, if there are those out there who are listening that are interested in having somebody for a Young Speakers Gospel meeting or for giving Hayden his first weekend gospel meeting opportunity, maybe his first, I don't know, he may have already had some. But if you're interested in helping support a young evangelist in training, uh, you can contact him. Look for him on Facebook or on the Pure and Simple Bible Facebook page where I'll have his name in the show notes or the link that goes along with that. You know, each week... I have people who uh, reach out to me sometimes by email, sometimes they text me uh, or across social media as well that offer me some encouragement. And I do want you to know that that encouragement is so helpful to me. I'm particularly thankful for those who have taken the time to share a five-star review. It's not going to be my practice to do this in every episode, but I thought I would maybe read a couple to you real quick. It's helpful for a number of reasons. Again, it encourages me. It tells me that I'm doing something that is meaningful and that I should continue doing it. But secondly, this helps me with getting the podcast out there to others who are searching for a Bible podcast, a Christian podcast, a Bible study format. When they put in keywords, you know, Bible study or uh, Christian or Christ-centered podcast, when they put that stuff out there, the different programs that I use, Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, etc., Um, When you leave a review for my podcast, the algorithms that these companies use will boost my podcast up when people type those words in the search bar. So it's good for you to leave that review because then other people are going to hear about the show. And so today I'd like to just read two for you, and these are coming from Apple Podcast. So I'd like to read you just a few maybe to encourage those who've... uh, already left a review and just say thank you. And also for those who maybe would leave one but haven't got that right motivation yet, here's what some people are saying, and I'm thankful for them. Uh, This one is from uh, T.A. Todd 24. It says, This podcast brings solid theological teachings weekly. For all seekers of God's will, this is a great podcast to follow. Thank you, T.A. Todd. Grateful for that. Sir Dr. Mister says, The message of God is a very beautiful and touching thing, but in the wrong hands it can seem complicated and uninviting. Jonathan does a fantastic job of tackling the depth of the word with precision and simplicity. 
thank you, sir. Dr. Mister, I am grateful for that and for the way that uh, you view it. Another podcast uh, review says, This podcast focuses on good conversations. There are tough questions and challenging discussion, but the relaxed format makes it a must-listen every week. And that's exactly what I'm trying to go for, is a relaxed format where we can talk about the Bible in a pure and simple way, including those tough and challenging discussions. Anyway, it's not just for self-love that I'm doing this. It's meant to say thank you to those who've left a review. It's meant to uh, encourage others who can leave a review. If you can, I would appreciate the help. So thank you very much. And everyone, please go to the website, www.pureandsimplebible.com. Check out the resources that are there. There should be new stuff that's coming out week by week. I want this to be one of those resource websites where you have it starred on your browser and you go to them, you know, whenever you can to see what's available. Anyway, this is Jonathan Edwards. Always remember, God loves you very much. And I do too. We're willing. See you soon. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me and you.